Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his series in the book of Matthew with this sermon entitled, Life in the Narrow Lane, preached on October 5th, 1997. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7, beginning with verse 13 through verse 20. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and is thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Life in the narrow lane. We are coming to the end of our study of the Sermon on the Mount. The theme of chapter 7 of the Gospel of St. Matthew is divine judgment. Everyone is coming closer to that final judgment. When Jesus Christ himself will judge. To some he would say, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. To others he would say, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. He will grant them in the day of final judgment entrance into the kingdom of heaven which will be entrance into life eternal which will be entrance into the joy of the Lord. First let us look at what Jesus Christ sees as the prophet, as the great seer. Jesus is the prophet. He sees the vast majority of people choosing a wide gate which leads into a broad way. He sees them walking along this broad way which leads to destruction, to death, to eternal damnation. But he also sees a few choosing the narrow gate, which leads to a very difficult road. In the Greek, the word is teth 
Tlimene, which means full of troubles. A road full of troubles. But he sees them in the end, arriving at the destination called the life ten zoen. Jesus Christ is interested in the application of his teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. And in this section, he is applying his sermon to our lives. It is not enough to listen to the teaching of Jesus. It is not enough to appreciate the teacher and praise his teaching. What matters is to practice the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of St. John chapter 13 he said this. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Happiness is not in the hearing. Happiness is in the doing of what we have heard. You may listen to philosophers and praise their philosophy without practicing it. You may listen to gurus of the world and appreciate their teachings without practicing it. Many who would enter destruction finally would be those who heard the teaching of Jesus regularly but failed to practice his teaching. Jesus therefore makes this demand of those who heard him. Especially the crowds. Read verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things. The crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught us one who had authority. And not us us their teachers of the law. But we are not told the crowds believed. Or crowds repented. Or crowds trusted. Therefore, Jesus Christ is making this demand. Enter through the narrow gate. Don't just praise the teacher, but practice the teaching of Jesus Christ, the prophet, the priest, the king, the teacher. Time is short. Kingdom of God is at hand. He said, repent. So listen to the demand that he makes in the 13th verse. Enter through the narrow gate. Take the hard road and you will arrive at life. Jesus loves sinners in his tender compassion. He is warning us. He tells us there are two destinies. Two roads to destinies and two gates to the two roads to the two destinies. There is the destiny of destruction and there is the destiny of life. He desires all people to be saved, to enter the kingdom of God, to enter life, to enter the sphere which is called the joy of the Lord. So we read in John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
only two destinations. Neutrality is impossible. Indecision is impossible. One must choose. One must commit himself to either one or the other road and destination. The scripture continually sets before us this choice of life and death. Read Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28. There we find God setting before the people blessing and curse. Deuteronomy 30, 15 and 19. God sets before the people life and prosperity and death and destruction. You must choose. Jeremiah 21 verse 8. God sets before the people through Jeremiah the way of life and the way of death. Psalm 1 tells this. It tells us the way of righteous and the way of the wicked that will perish. John 10 and verse 10. Jesus says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have abundant life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15. St. Paul tells us for we are to God the aroma of Christ. Among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. One must choose. One must act. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Today is your day of opportunity. And which will end soon. And you may die. Today. Tomorrow. And the opportunity shall come to an end. You must choose. Soon you will die. And come to the end of the road. You have chosen and you will enter into an eternal destiny. Life or death, blessing or cursing, the way of righteous or the way of wickedness. Let's look at the broad way. Jesus says, look, there is the broad way. Oh yes, one thing about the broad way is it can be easily seen. You don't have to work too hard. You don't have to seek. You don't have to do research. It's the most prominent way out there. No one misses the broad way. It is so big. It's so beautiful to look at. In fact, everyone who is born is born onto the broad way. There is none righteous. There is none who does good. There is none who seeks God. St. Paul tells us in Romans 3. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The mother is on the Broadway. And she gives birth to a child. On the Broadway. And the child is on the Broadway. David said therefore... Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. The Broadway is easy to spot. Nobody, I said, misses it. Jesus says, look. 
The vast majority of the people of this earth are choosing this broad way. Follow the crowd. If that is what you want. Follow the majority. If that is what you want. But let us never conclude that the majority is right. Majority is wrong. Jesus Christ said so. He said many will enter through it. And only few shall find the narrow way which leads to life. Let us therefore be certain this morning. That which is popular is abomination in the sight of God. Broadway is advertised everywhere. Universities teach the Broadway. Literature is filled with the Broadway. Television, radio, movies. Even many churches are proclaiming the broad way, the discounted Christianity, that you don't have to lose anything. You can have God and sin at the same time. Come on! And they come by the multitude. Look again, Jesus says, the people on the broad way seem to have a lot of fun. They are enjoying their lives. To them, life consists in the activity of travel. They don't worry about where the road is leading them. You know why? Their eyes are blinded by the God of this world, Satan. They are eating and drinking and smoking and dancing. They seem to have no restraint. The Broadway is characterized by great freedom and unlimited pleasures. Fun! Self-indulgence. Antinomianism. You don't have to worry about the Ten Commandments. Why worry? Be happy. You can be totally hedonistic and self-centered. You don't have to love your neighbor, wife, husband or children. Love yourself. Have a good time. Have fun. Have fun in the morning. Have fun at noon. And have fun at night. Have fun every day. Jesus says, look, you see a leader who leads the people of the Broadway. The people do not see the leader. But they all obediently follow this leader. The leader is the same who led the first couple into death and into misery. The leader is Satan and his agents, the false prophets. And we read about the false prophets in Ezekiel chapter 13. Listen to the gospel of Satan and his false prophets. They speak exactly what you want to hear. They speak smooth things. They emphasize love, unity. They hate doctrines, doctrines of sin and judgment. And all these doctrines, they hate it. They speak of freedom. They speak of pleasure now. They do not say one word about what is going to happen in the end. 
They do not speak of the wrath of God. They do not speak of sin. They do not speak of the final judgment. They do not speak of your death. They do not speak of God's holy law. They do not speak of God's holiness and justice. They practice deceit. They try to deceive even the very elect if it is possible. And I'm I'm glad it is not possible to deceive the elect. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And we'll tell you something about these false prophets, false preachers. 2 Corinthians 11 beginning with verse 13. For such men are false apostles. Deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Broadway. They emphasize enjoyment, pleasures, freedom, good time, fun. You are in the church, but you are in the Broadway. So many people are in the church, but they actually belong in the Broadway. What they want is fun, unrestrained freedom, pleasure, indulgence. And there are churches that preach that you can have fun as well as salvation. You should go to that church. You should become a member of that church. But not here. Here we preach life in the narrow lane. Satan and the false prophets in fact deny that you will die. Notice in Genesis chapter 3, Satan says you will not surely die. Go on the Broadway. Life in the Broadway, says Satan, is real living. (laughs) And not only that, those who are on the Broadway, they are highly enlightened. Your eyes will be opened. And you will know, good and evil, you'll be like God. Isn't that wonderful? This is false prophets deceiving People, you'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. And I'll tell you the narrow way. And I'll point you to the way to life eternal. I will set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. And I will plead with you. Choose life and choose blessing. And choose it now. Satan will not speak about guilt. Or curse. Or death. Listen to Satan and his false preachers. They would say God is love. He never punishes anyone. (laughs) There is no hell. Hell is a myth. Judgment is a myth. Sin is sickness. You see how carefully false prophets conceal truth. Satan know the truth and his false prophets know the truth. Yet they conceal the truth. They speak of 
positive thinking. They say love is all and all is love. They speak of psychology and they speak of sociology. They do not preach of repentance. And these people have charismatic personality. They look pious. They know what you like and preach what you like. You love them and their message. The false prophets makes people feel so good. They say he's a good preacher. I just love him. Oh, there is another preacher. He preaches from the Bible. He talks about the Bible all the time. He's not a positive preacher. He speaks about sin and hell. He tells about the wrath of God. He tells about judgment. He tells about Jesus. He speaks about his death on the cross. He tells me that Christ died for my sins. He tells me unless I believe in Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose from the dead, I cannot be saved, he tells me. He makes me feel guilty. He requires me to repent and trust in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation. He preaches that I must forsake my sinful life and practice holiness. Yes, he is like that prophet Micaiah in the Bible. Remember him? Ahab the king hated him. And he says... Ahab says this about Micaiah. There is one man, Jehoshaphat, through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. But why should I worry about him? I have 400 prophets who always speak only good things about me. They know what I like and they prophesy in unison what I like. They never tell me that I'm a sinner. That I'm guilty before God. That God would judge me unless I repent and believe in God. So notice the Broadway. Vast majority, poloi, vast majority are on this Broadway. Enjoying pleasures of sin for a season. But they do not know that the Broadway life leads to destruction, to eternal death. Remember the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Jesus tells this parable in Luke chapter 16. Rich man lived the Broadway life, dressed. In purple and fine linen. Lived in luxury every day. Having fun and frolicking and pleasure. Hedonistic lifestyle without restraint. He did not think of repentance or judgment or the wrath of God. And yet he died. And entered into his destiny. Read Luke 16. He was in hell. He was in torment. He was in agony. He was without comfort. Why is this? Why is it? Vast majority of people are on the Broadway. Why is it? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4. The God of this age. 
has blinded the minds of unbelievers for this purpose so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Satan blinds the eyes of the vast majority of people that they will not trust in Jesus Christ alone and be saved who died on the cross and rose from the dead. Christ who died for our sins and was raised for our justification. Broadway people are blind. Their leader has blinded them. Their destiny is hidden from them. They do not know that the wages of sin is death. Just look at the narrow way. What about the narrow way? It is so narrow that you cannot easily see it. You have to seek it with all your heart, mind, soul and strength to find it. In fact, Jesus said, few find it. It is like the turnstile, Martin Lloyd-Jones said. It is very confining. Only one can go at a time. You must trust in Jesus Christ alone to enter in. It is so narrow that you have to leave behind all your baggage. You have to part with the world, the crowd, your sin. You may have to part with your own loved ones. You have to part with the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boasting of things. You have to part with your self-centeredness. You have to get off that broad way. You cannot blame shift. You must repent. You must trust not in yourself but in Jesus Christ alone. The way is as narrow as the gospel is narrow. The way is hemmed in. Both sides. By the lordship of Jesus Christ. He must confess with his mouth. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord and you are his subject, his servant. You must believe in his gospel and surrender completely to him. Your intellect, your will and your emotion. In fact, you must experience a radical change before you can find the narrow gate and walk on the hard road. You must be born again. You must have divine nature. You must escape the corruption of this world. In fact, if anyone enters this small gate and walk on this hard and trouble-filled road which leads to life, it is proof that he is saved. You cannot save yourself. You must be saved by Jesus to come through this narrow gate. If you come through this narrow gate and walk on this hard road, it is because you have been chosen by God. It is because you belong to God's little flock. As we read in Luke 12 and verse 32, many are called but few are chosen. So you are part of the remnant chosen by God's grace. That is why you obey what Moses said in Exodus 23 and verse 2. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. <laughs> the crowd walk on the road that seem right to them. But the end thereof is the way of death. But you walk on the road that was chosen for you. Revealed to you by God's Holy Spirit. Your eyes have been opened. 
you've been born of the Holy Spirit. You were given a new nature. You realized your sin and guilt. You saw the just wrath of God against you. You realized Christ Jesus dying on the cross, not for himself, but in behalf of you. The heavenly father revealed to you who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Saint Peter confessed, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You were given faith to trust in him alone for your salvation. Now you see the gate. You go through the gate. Now you are on the difficult road, but you are walking on it daily. You realize what Paul said in Acts chapter 14 and verse 22. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Yet you are walking daily and steadily. Why? Let me tell you because you realize this is the way to life everlasting. This is the only way to the kingdom. This is the way to the joy of the Lord. There is no alternative. You are given revelation by Jesus that the broad way only leads to destruction. So you praise God for enabling you to be on this hard road. But life is in the narrow lane. Besides, you are not alone. You belong to the little flock. And yet the little flock is not very little. Let's turn to the book of Revelation in chapter 7. And let me read to you from verse 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation and tribe, people and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Ah, that's encouragement enough, isn't that true? Yes, we realize this is the only road to life. And we also realize there, is, there are other people. Hallelujah. Chosen by God. Enlightened by the Father. Given understanding to the cross by the Spirit of the living God. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. And we read, therefore, since we are surrounded... By such a great cloud of witnesses. Hallelujah. Yes, little flock is not so little. Besides, you realize that you have a leader. The Broadway people also have a leader. But we have a leader. Who is he? He is the one died on the cross, raised from the dead, ascended into the heaven, seated on the right hand of God. He is the sovereign Lord of the universe. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the gate. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Jesus says to us, follow me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will what? Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We follow Jesus, the good shepherd, the sovereign Lord of the universe. He's the prophet and the priest and the king. We listen to him. He intercedes for us. He is our king and we delight in his law and in his rule. And we pray thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We do not listen to the false prophets. We do not listen to the stranger's voice. That charismatic voice. That charming voice that tells us to have fun. We do not listen to the false prophets who massage our egos and tells us smooth things. We recognize them and shun them. We abide in the word and commune with Christ. So we are skilled in recognizing and avoiding the false prophets. We recognize them by their words and by their deeds. Narrow road people. Have used their renewed minds. To think through the issue. Of commitment to Jesus Christ. Read Luke chapter 14. Jesus Christ tells us. You have to consider. Take your time. Count the cost. See whether you have it. What it takes. To follow Jesus Christ. He tells us we must love Christ. And his kingdom more than anything else. He tells us we must deny ourselves. He tells us we must take up our cross daily. He tells us we must follow him daily. And he tells us we must be faithful till death. Yes, it is a narrow gate. It is hard way, but it is the way to life. And not only that, Jesus took this way. Remember, the father said, this is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. He told Satan. It is written. And he chose. The biblical way. Abraham chose this way. When God of glory told him. To leave your country. Kindred and father's house. He left. Sometime the journey. He's alone. And it's pretty lonely. Paul took this road. Turn with me to. Second. Corinthians chapter 4 and let me read to you what he tells us about the journey on this narrow lane. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side but not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Read on and on and on and on. The whole of Second Corinthians tells us something about the life on this narrow road. Yet, life in the narrow road is a life of joy. Paul says we rejoice in tribulations also. 
It is a life of peace. It is a life of hope. It is a life of victory. St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. But thanks be to God. Who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. Let me tell you soon we shall arrive at the destination. Maybe today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe many years from today. But we shall persevere. And God will help us to persevere. And we shall arrive. And our captain who is with us. And who leads us now. Will be there to welcome us. He would say to us I know you. (laughs) I recognize you. You are my beloved come in. Enter into eternal life. Life abundant. Enter into the kingdom that is prepared for you. Enter into the joy of the Lord. What a day that will be. In the sweet by and by. We shall meet him. And what is the conclusion of it all? Let me give you the conclusion from Luke chapter 13. There was a theological student. And he asked a question to Jesus. It is a speculative question. And he asked this question, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Jesus refused to answer his question. But he exhorted him, strive, agonize, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. In other words, brothers and sisters, young people, old people, women and men, boys and girls. In other words, the most important thing for any human being to do in this life is to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? And the answer is what? Strive to enter through the narrow door. Which means exercise maximum effort. As an athlete exercises maximum effort to achieve a gold medal in the Olympic Games. Strive. Make every effort. While you have opportunity. While you are living. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be saved. He said, I'm the door. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. (laughs) No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. The narrow way is defined by Jesus Christ. Only by trusting in Jesus we are able to produce good fruit. Let me tell you the rule is this. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and is thrown into the fire. Turn with me to Matthew 13. Now let me read to you verse 42. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is destruction. That is eternal damnation. Jesus said, he is the truth. 
And not only that, verse 43, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And then Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. There is a final judgment. The judge is Jesus himself. But he now tells us in love, in compassion, in mercy, in patience. What is he saying to us? Enter through the narrow gate into life eternal. Life is in the narrow lane which leads to the fullness of life. My question is, will you not listen? Will you pay attention? He desires you to be saved. And we desire you to be saved. And it is my responsibility to set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. And it is my privilege to exhort you to, to choose life. To choose blessing. To choose the narrow gate. To choose the hard road that leads to life, to the kingdom, to the joy of the Lord. Amen.